yes, 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 new music, new intro music, new walk-up music, how about that? Welcome to Pass the Noise, excited to be here today, Pass the Noise episode two. I think the appropriate walk-up music for my next guest would be, yes, she's back, back again, Megan's back, tell a friend. <laughs> Yes, she's back. After so many people have told me that she did such a good job, I said, you know what? I think I'm just going to have her back on to do a little follow-up because it ended so perfectly. Here we are back. How are you? I. It's been a long week, a really long week. So I'm pretty tired, but we're here. That's we're good. We're ready to go. You are? Are you sure? <laughs> yes. So I have bumped you up from a guest to co-host and one <laughs> so flattered. Yeah. I think there's bias there too. I got to get coach T on here as well. He's going to co-host with me a lot and he's hilarious. But so my first question for you this time is we talked about some things that were annoying. Let's go ahead and continue it. So we're going to have things that annoy us for the first segment and you get to go first this time. Give me one thing that has gotten on your nerves pretty constantly. Well, a lot of things annoy me, but recent, not even recently. I think it's been a thing for a while, but it popped in my head recently more, I guess. And it's when people think being late is a personality trait. That might be controversial, but I think it's because I'm not late. I think it's rude to be late. And some of my friends, if they listen to this, will be like really mad at me for saying this. But when people say, huh, like I'm just so late all the time. It's just who I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Considering the fact that I've waited for you all day. Okay, to- you let me know about this <laughs> at one o'clock today. And I yeah. had prior engagements. Yep. But, but as as a team player, I mean, I already have I already have a Yeti cup with past the noise on it that I've engraved myself. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a team player. So what you've got to do is step up and realize that when it's your time to go to bat, you got to step up and deliver. So okay. even at this one wasn't o'clock. About me. <laughs> oh, was it? My bad. Go ahead. No. Oh, okay. I'm not late. I'm All not right. late. I am, I would much rather be, I would sit in the parking lot for 20 minutes before I was 30 seconds late to something. Mm-hmm. Well, it started and, off as, it started off as I'm going to go to work and then I'll get home and I'll do this. And then it became the gym. And then it became after the gym, I have to go to, you didn't say supper. And it was dang sure wasn't brunch. It was dinner. So you went to dinner and then you found out that you're going out for dinner and that it may be crowded. And now you made it back. And then you said, I'm going to let the dogs out. And now. Okay. This is where I'm getting at. We didn't specify a time. We never did. And when you called me and said, let's do it again. I was like, okay, I'll call you after work. Well, when I said that I was in the middle of working, so I didn't really register what I was saying. Mm-hmm. But when okay. I tell someone 630, there are some people that I have to tell six so that I can make sure that they're there. 
make sure they're there by 610 and then we can be there by 630. Yeah, my brother's the same. Brother's the same way for meals. We have to tell him at 1130. Yeah, I I think I'm on the end where it's it's almost just rude to me because they think that you'll put up with it. Well, if it's important, it's like they don't care about anyone's time, but their own. I get that. But when there's a scheduled something or another and they arrive an hour late, it just it annoys me. I uh, know. I have a, yeah, I, I know plenty of people like that and they just say that it's just who they are. Well, change. Exactly. That's, that's change. my point. It's not a personality trait. It wasn't hereditary. It's not something that was engraved in your DNA. Mm-hmm. Amen, and- girl. Amen. It's not, it's just not my thing. Okay. It's a no, it's a no from me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what annoys you? Uh, here lately, a lot of things, <laughs> people, but specifically, I was thinking about this as you were, you were saying that I have an issue with people using the word myself inappropriately. Well, myself and Megan, we are going to the Mexican restaurant to eat. The bottom line here is is that myself is a reflexive pronoun. And so what that means is you've got to use, if you have a subject and an object that share a verb, that means that you are not supposed to you, you got to use the object as the reflexive. So in other words, it would be like, I want yes. to, st- I want to stab myself when someone uses myself inappropriately. Mm-hmm. I see, I want to stab myself when someone uses that inappropriately. That's an appropriate way to use the reflexive pronoun of myself. You don't start off by saying myself and Megan, you know, you know, see what I'm saying? It's Megan and I, I, I'm not the, the type of person to, I don't know, correct anyone, but at the same time, I just sit there and watch that because here's the reason it annoys me. It's not the fact that people use it in the wrong way. It's the fact that they're trying to make themselves sound smarter and they're mm-hmm. not, it's not. I mean, somewhere someone picked up on myself and said, oh, I think I'll use that. That's used in the correct way. And it can't be any further from the truth. Maybe I need to get an English instructor on here and she can speak about reflexive pronouns and things of that nature. But anyway, enough of that. So I've said what I've said. And that's I wouldn't mind you having an English professor or whatever on because I'm corrected all the time. Because I use the wrong, I'll say, me and dad went to the store and That's, everyone's. I get but that. But I, I just am not trying, you know, it, and mm-hmm. I know it's wrong. But when I'm just speaking to a friend, I don't feel like I should say, I don't feel like I have to be on top of it. But I don't really think I ever say, dad and myself went to the store. That's so wrong. Do not ever say that again. Right. You're killing me. Right, but this, but, but this is a podcast. Well, it's right. a podcast. We're not going to sit here and look like idiots by saying me and Megan went to whatever, you know. I mean, but I'm when I'm around the house, I'll say it all day long. But what I do love to do, and I love this, 
I do love to butcher the English language on purpose. Like when people say, how are you doing? And I say, gooder. It's because I, I really try to, to hurt it. You know what I'm saying? I I catch myself. I'll post something on. What did you just say? I catch what? Myself. There you go. No, it's it's beautiful. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I will say something on a, I'll post a story and I'll butcher the English language. And I think to myself, I wonder if they think I'm actually speaking that way. Cause in person it's funny, but when mm-hmm. I post it on, if I'm typing something, I think, Oh my gosh, these people think I'm a redneck and actually I'm speaking this way <laughs> on I'm purpose. Not. Yeah. Right. That's why I always emphasize gooder. And in class I will say, ain't got no same. Yeah. I like that. I'll type uh, yeah. something and say, I done that the other day. Like, just yeah. being stupid. Someone the other but day. There's actually people in this area of Tennessee that say that. And when they say it in person and are serious, I think, oh, Lord, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> okay. Well, on to the beef. The beef. No pun intended. You discussed fad diets the other day, didn't you? Didn't you talk about that with your nutrition class? Yeah, it was my last project, like presentation. Yeah, that's the one you didn't know whether you didn't know whether you're going to graduate or not. Yeah, so questionable. (laughs) (laughs) So my question is, what do you? What did you learn about fad diets? Because that's a hot topic, and everywhere you go, and if we have time, we'll go into something that. I don't know. There's plenty of things I could talk about physiologically and we're not stepping on dietitians toes. I'm not going to do that because I believe in keeping, you know, the distance between what we do and what a dietitian would do. So not stepping on their toes because we are not licensed dietitian. Okay. So fad diets, which one are just talk to me about them. What do you, what, how do you feel about those? So I think fad diets can be controversial because it almost, a fad diet doesn't have to be a fad diet. If that's the way you live your life, if being keto is the way you live your life, if you only want to eat fats and protein, fats and proteins, and that's what works for you, that's what gives you energy. That's great. But when you are 180 pounds, you want to be 160 and you start doing keto to get down to that, I think that's when it becomes a fad diet. Same with whole 30. If you like to remove sugar, the uh-huh. whole 30, is that what it's called? Heck, I don't know. I never heard of that before. Oh, I'll name off loads of diets right now. Um, Go for it. Go keto, 30 keto, low carb, free Atkins, Mediterranean, paleo, um, low fat, I mean, low calorie could be a fad diet if you really want to get into it. But what about, what about the infant diet? What the heck is that? That's where you eat baby eat like an infant. You yeah, eat baby it, food? No, it spills out the side of your mouth. You know what <laughs> blows my mind the most though is when people do a diet where you only eat the same thing. I had an uncle do a pop tart diet, and all he ate was pop tarts, and he lost weight, but that's because all he ate was a pop tart for every meal. All those that you can live, you can be paleo because that what is what makes you feel good. You can be low carb because that's what makes you feel good. And that's just the life you live. But as soon as it turns into, 
I need to lose 15 pounds. So I'm going to be paleo or keto for two weeks and which you wouldn't lose. I mean, you could, I guess with keto, but that's when it becomes a fad diet to me. So are you saying there's never a good time to use a fad diet? Because if somebody's got to get in a wedding dress or something, I mean, nothing against people getting in wedding dresses, but you know, sometimes people want to do that and that's their goal. Now, is it helping their health? No, but do they want to do that and do it? I mean, everybody's got to, I think it's all about being successful. And yeah, I mean, sometimes even a temporary diet can show people what they need to start with and they learn a little something about it. And then if they can pull it off, but here's what I, here's what I love is when people say, my favorite line is, what do you, what's going to happen when you get off of it? Mm-hmm. Well, fill in the blank. You're going to gain the weight back. Right. What happens when you get off any diet? You mm-hmm. gain the weight back. So everybody's always giving, you know, the keto diet a hard time or the low carbs. You know, I'm a firm believer that if you eat, simp- if you eat complex carbohydrates and, and maintain pretty low calorie, that diet works. That lifestyle works that, because, mm-hmm. but, it, and if you do keto dieting and again, not a dietitian, just know what's, what's helped a lot of people. When you do keto, you, if you do keto only, and you don't have to be in keto acidosis, but if you're in low level keto and you've cut out a lot of your carbohydrates and you lose weight and you can, cont- and you can maintain that for a long period of time, then that's that's perfectly fine. But so what you've done is you've isolated the the proteins and the fats and you kept them away from the complex carbohydrates. And so therefore the complex carbs people can lose weight and the keto people that keep the keto away from the carbs, they can lose weight. I find it very interesting that when you mix these th- these three things together is when people have a hard time. And I find it really interesting, too, that in the American diet, you know, they justify that we're supposed to eat more complex carbohydrates, you know, only this amount of fats. But what I really love about it is dietitians are even fighting now. They're fighting over what they believe. And I think that's great because now when you get them a little frustrated and, and, you know, tuned in to the the research and the literature, I think that they start shaking things up a little bit and we start learning a little bit more about what we're eating. And that's, you know, for years, all we've done is carbohydrates, carbohydrates, and, you know, interesting enough, carbohydrates are converted into glucose. And then that's what enters the cell. And then when we, when we eat glucose or when it's converted to glucose, then, that goes into the bloodstream and then it goes into the pancreas and the pancreas senses that we have all that glucose. So it starts to release insulin. Well, insulin makes you tired, make insulin makes you sleepy. And so what do you do on top of that? You eat more carbohydrates and you drink caffeine and that's a, that's a glycogen sparer. So basically you're compounding the error. If you eat fat and protein, it doesn't signal a release of the, it doesn't signal for the pancreas to release insulin. So only sugar does. So if you don't release insulin, what insulin does is it tells 
the basically it has a pathway that says I need for you to store in the cell and how I'm going to store you is as glycogen in the liver or glycogen in the muscle. And guess what? If you have too much in the muscle and you have too much in the liver, it is stored as fat. I also get a kick out of people who say that you can't survive on the keto diet because you've got to have sugar. And the funny thing is all of that can be sucked right out of, I mean, you can, you can make fat from sugar. You can make sugar from fat. I mean, you can, that's, those pathways are available through acetyl-CoA. Since the sixties, we have eaten more enriched flour every decade. And what we will see is for each decade that we've increased our enriched flour consumption, our diabetes has gone up exponentially as well. So you can go with those refined sugars or enriched flours if you want to. You can go for the complex carbohydrates. The bottom line is the end point's going to be the same. We're eating too many carbohydrates, and I happen to be a fan of keto. The problem is, is that it is hard to sustain, and I am a yo-yoer. I'm going to admit it right now. I'm a yo-yoer in my older age. When I was younger, I could I could say that I was going to lose weight and I would lose five pounds instantly. Well, and I think keto has even kind of gotten bigger because of the insulin issue. That's a huge way to treat that because I think a lot of people with insulin issues have started doing keto because it's a good way to treat it. Right. So, And I support that. What I have, uh, yeah. What I find interesting is, is when people when people get diabetes, a lot of physicians will say we need to cut down on our sugar intake. So what we need you to do is keto. You know, there's, there's a difference between keto and Atkins diet. You know, Atkins used to pile on the bacon and the cheese, and keto dieting is a lot healthier. I mean, it still speaks of getting your fats from the right place. I did the keto for two or three weeks and it, by week three, I was not eating anything mm-hmm. at all. I was, it started to kind of concern me because I thought I'm not eating. I have no, you have you, you've heard the keto flu. You were you just, were you don't, well, I get, yeah. On the, on the opposite end of that though, on the third day, I'm chasing bread trucks down the road because I'm dying for, you know, some carbohydrate, but I actually wasn't. At all. It takes me about five days, four days, four days into it. And then I say, okay, I got this. And then on about the sixth day, I have that exhausted feeling. But man, when I come out of that, I feel so incredible. The issue is that for most people, this is another big key to this. Because if you've done these things before, dieting is about our weight loss the pathway to weight loss is about like COVID trying to survive all of these vaccines. It just wants, it's like, okay, you've tried that before. I got you. Okay. You've tried this one before. It's not going to happen. You tried every way that there is possible. And it's, I'm, I'm going to keep the weight on you. And so I realized that if I ever do a keto diet again, it's going to have to be for life because it's just very difficult to go through five days 
of that. First two days, you almost feel like it's a, you know, you're, you're at a parade. Everything's wonderful. You know, you get to eat what you get to eat the good stuff. And then on the third day, you're thinking, okay, something I'm missing something. The fourth day, you're really missing something and it's called a piece of pie or something with sugar in it. On the fifth day, that's the day, the fifth and sixth day, I'm blah. On the seventh day, I'm ready to take on the world. It feels good, but it takes me that long to get through it. That's just me. I was just the opposite though. So I, for a week was great. I felt great. I think I had the motivation for it. But at the time, I was doing it for my Crohn's disease. And so I was enjoying just my symptoms being cleared up, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And I think keto is also known to lower your blood pressure. And so I started feeling really weak all the time. I felt like I was going to pass out I by week two. I had no energy. I thought I was going to pass out all the time. And Mm -hmm. I just stopped eating. People think that when you eat all that fat, that your your blood pressure is going to go up. Your blood pressure doesn't go up. It actually comes down. And the mm-hmm. reason for that is your blood volume is reduced. And the reason your blood volume is reduced is because carbohydrate carries water. Fat doesn't hold water. So you basically set up this diuretic effect and you... You urinate a lot of the water off of you, and anytime mm-hmm. you get rid, anytime you get rid of water, your blood volume goes down. And if blood volume goes down, so does your resistance. And everybody always thinks that, oh, well, I have blood pressure issues. You ain't there. We go. You ain't got blood pressure problems. You have resistance problems, and your blood pressure has to overcome your resistance. And so to overcome the resistance, you have to increase your blood pressure. And that is what causes higher blood pressure is to overcome the resistance. So what we really need to do is is decrease the resistance issue. And blood volume is one of those things. I think it just all boils down to it's so different for every person Mm -hmm. because I have Crohn's, but things that other people with Crohn's struggle with I don't and they're on completely different diets than me I don't even die like I don't have a diet for my Crohn's these days which it has a lot to do with medication but there's I have friends that do really well with intermittent fasting it doesn't work for me mm-hmm. and I have friends that do really well with keto I have a, a really close friend that's always on keto it didn't seem to work for me either it can be a fad diet for people, but when it's not and it works for you, then that's great. But I haven't found a fad diet that works for me. <laughs> I just go with it. I eat intuitively, I guess you would say, Ooh. as best as I can. That's another fat. That's the, that's a controversial thing because I saw something online the other day where some lady was like, she said something along the lines of using intuitive eating to lose weight. And some dietitian came back at her and said, intuitive eating is not a fad diet. It is a way of eating. You know, it's so interesting. There's what usually works for me. When you've got skin in the game, there's, there's three things that you got to eat less. That's for sure. You have to do more. And when you say do more, what do you mean by do more? Well, if 
I know that if I'm out on the road and I'm running and it's 94 degrees outside because that's the way I roll. I roll when it's, I roll seriously when it is hot. I enjoy that. And I don't do it to lose body weight or body fluid. I do it because it, I just like to be in the heat when I'm doing it. No, not 106, but I'm saying 92, 93. And there's nothing wrong with that. I enjoy a hot gym. If it's cold in there, I am not happy. Not motivated. Yeah. I'm out here busting my behind, getting some road work in. The next time that I eat, I'm going to be a little bit more thoughtful about what I'm eating because I'm busting my behind. Another thing that I do is I adjust water intake and I increase my water consumption And it's not a lot because I grew up in the 80s on Diet Coke. I mean, it's just the way that it is. So any adjustment will be good for me. I mean, when I drink water, my kidneys throw a parade. There's no doubt because they get excited that I'm actually taking in water. So that's a big deal as well. Exercise more, but not just exercise more. You're exercising more and you're thinking about, you're thinking the whole time about, eating better because of all the work that you're doing. Increase your water consumption because it makes you feel more full. The thirst mechanism and the hunger mechanism are so closely related, hypothalamus can't determine what it is. So a lot of times when we feel hungry, we're just dehydrated and need to take in some water because when we're active, we make better choices. I agree. Whenever I am working out, I tend to make healthier choices. But at the same time, when I am, there's also the argument where if you are working out, if you're not serious about it, I think I can fall into the trap of, well, I just worked out. So I'll go eat Mexican tonight. That's what Mm -hmm. I did tonight. (laughs) From one regular M&M, Megan, it takes 78 meters to burn off one M&M. That's 80% of a football field to burn off one M&M. So that's a heck of a lot to burn off one M&M. Where am I going with this? Well, when you say, hey, I've been to the gym and I burned all these calories, I think I'm going to go eat Mexican food. That's very easy for people to do. They'll go, they'll go celebrate their, their workout by going to eat more. And you can't do that because it's, a, it's really easy to put on some weight quickly. So people get all excited, go get their Gatorade. They, they run or walk two miles. They replace it with the Gatorade and they did absolutely nothing. They got absolute, they got net zero kilocalorie expenditure from that activity because all they did was replace. So Dr. Mayo and I, we were discussing this and Seriously, when you, we bike a long way and he's a machine, trust me. So you burn about 28 calories per mile on a, on a cycle ergometer or a bike. So let's just 30 calories per mile. Okay. Well, with running, it was 100 calories per mile. So cycling 30, about 30 calories, cranking at about 16 miles per hour. So think about this on my bike trip i'm going to pull out let's say a let's see a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then i hit a couple of snack bars and then i get some gatorade and by the time that i finish my bike workout i've actually gained weight that's what that amounts to because people you, it is very easy to replace your kilocalories than what you burn there's no doubt 
Nice talk. That was a lot. <laughs> I'm just upset because of the M&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot. Anyone knows me knows that I love M&Ms. <laughs> so I don't like to compare my workouts to food because if I knew that I needed to bike 40 miles to burn off one bottle of M&Ms, <laughs> Torrible, I would get really upset. <laughs> Well, I absolutely enjoyed our conversations today. Um, you know, they were pretty broad and we could get more specific about each one of them if we wanted to. There's so many things to talk about, but I can tell you this. I thoroughly enjoyed you being my co-host today. We're going to do this more often. And thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast. And I'll turn it over to you. Thank you for having me. I really had a great time reminiscing on my kinesiology days in college that I don't get to use very often. But very valuable. There's no doubt. 100%. It's valuable in our conversations. (laughs) Once again, we took this construct, tore it down, put some common sense in there, hopefully, and maybe people can learn from it. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, a blessed day, a blessed night, whatever time you're listening to this. This is episode two, Pass the Noise. Thank you.